Welcome to A Wild New Work, a podcast about how to take wise, soul-centered action in your work life and in your organization, all based on the wisdom of nature. I'm Megan Leatherman, a career coach, mother, and amateur ecologist living in the Pacific Northwest, and I'm your host today. Hi friends, welcome. It's lovely to be back with you today. Thank you so much for your kind feedback, those of you who reached out after listening to the last episode, episode 42, in which I shared my story about work helping me to heal, and I just was overwhelmed and so appreciative of the kind words and those of you who let me know that that resonated with you. Thank you so much. Today is another stretch for me into a a vulnerable area because this is the first of a new podcast format that I'm experimenting with. Today, I'm going to be sharing an anonymous recorded coaching session with you with an amazing woman who we're going to call Azalea, not her real name. Um, Azalea and I have never worked together in this capacity before, although we have known each other for a few years. Normally I work with clients in a six month process, but this is my one and only session with Azalea, what I'll be sharing with you today. And I'll tell you more about her situation in a moment, but I want to start by telling you why I'm offering these types of episodes to the community. First, I know a lot of you have never worked with a coach before, and it can be intimidating to ask for that type of support when you need it. And there are times when we don't even know that we need it. And my hope in offering these recorded sessions to you is that you gain some insight into what it might be like to work with someone. And obviously every coach is different, so I can only offer what it's like to work with me. But let this sort of be a window into what a coaching relationship, what a session could be like if you're curious. But second, and most importantly, there is such a richness available when we can sit with and learn from another person's experience. I am always learning from my clients, and I am so humbled by their insights, their courage, the wisdom that they pull through and are embodying in their journey. And my hope is that these conversations that I'm going to share with you over the next few months open up new ideas and possibilities for you and your working life. So like I mentioned earlier, this is new territory for me and the people who are being coached, who are going to share their, their stories with you. So it's, you know, it's vulnerable to broadcast this work, but it felt really important and timely. So please just keep that in mind. And I want to ground us first just in gratitude for Azalea and her willingness to share this session with us. So before we dive in, I want to share two announcements. One is that we have started a new Taurus season course in Cedar Lodge. It's called Becoming Wise It's called Becoming Wise at Work, Embody a Better Relationship to What You Do. This is a four-part look at how we can shift our relationship to work so that it's taking up the appropriate space and energy in our lives. We'll be looking at the archetype of Taurus, the archetype of the Hierophant in the tarot mid-spring and what this season this unique time of year has to teach us about living and working in a good way. You know, mid-spring is such a beautiful time to get more grounded and bring in some silence, stillness, reverence, so that we can recenter and stay focused or get focused on what is important right now in and outside of work. So this course is free to Cedar Lodge members. It will be free until the end of May and lessons get released weekly. And on top of the lessons that come out weekly, we also have you know, on-topic discussion questions throughout the week. We have a live call every Wednesday. It's a really rich, vibrant community that you are welcome to be a part of. And you can join at awildnewwork.com or at the link in the show notes. Also in Cedar Lodge, I am going to be co-hosting a workshop called How to Start a Small Business with my friend Alex Devendra. Alex is an attorney and the founder of Aligned Law, which offers legal counsel for purpose-driven businesses. And we are going to be covering the fundamentals of starting a side gig, becoming a consultant, or diving full on into a small business. And, you know, Alex and I certainly haven't done everything right in the, you know, decade or so that we've been building businesses, but we have 
built values-based businesses in the midst of having young children and, and doing life. And we're going to be sharing what is most important to know when you are at the beginning of exploring self-employment as an option. So I hope you'll join us. This workshop, again, it's on May 6th. It's a Thursday from 12 to 1.30 Pacific time. And it's free to Cedar Lodge members, or if you're not a member, um, it's $19 and you can register on Eventbrite and I'll put the link in the show notes. Um, but if you're pondering what it might be like to start a side thing or start self-employment, I encourage you to join us and um, just avoid some of the heartache that I wish I had avoided. Um, all right, my friends, that is what I have for you. Let's share our opening invocation and then I'll tell you more about Azalea. So wherever you are, just taking a moment to notice your body. Notice what the air feels like on your skin. Notice the sounds around you. And just take a moment to be still as I read these words. May each of us be blessed and emboldened to do the work we're meant to do on this planet. May our work honor our ancestors, known and unknown, and may it be in harmony with all creatures we share this earth with. I express gratitude for all of the technologies and gifts that have made this possible, and I'm grateful to the Cowlitz and Clackamas tribes, among many others, who are the original stewards of the land that I'm on. So today I'm going to be sharing a recorded session with a woman I'm calling Azalea, and Azalea works in the technology sector, and she's been in the same job at the same company, with one small exception, for 16 years. She has applied for other positions within and outside of the company, but hasn't found anything else to move into. And the last few years have been really pivotal for Azalea. She, in the midst of the last few years, she's been diagnosed with autism and has been awakening to what that diagnosis really means and offers her. She's currently at a crossroads, wanting to move into work that honors her talents and is a good fit for her, while also feeling kind of demoralized and overwhelmed by all of the options. So here is my session with Azalea. Can you help me understand a little bit more about where this spot in your life and career, like what it feels like to you, either in your body or in your spirit? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, if we're talking like right now in this very moment, um, it feels like there's um, a crossroads. You know, it feels like there's... Um, a lot of opportunity but there's maybe 15 different paths that i could take mm -hmm. and that feels really overwhelming mm -hmm. um you know i've always kind of struggled with choice and just um sorry i'm gonna cry a lot yeah please <laughs> it's just always easier to choose to do nothing and uh so i end up getting stuck and uh you know this this spring, um, partially due to the pandemic and, you know, coming out of it feels more hopeful than I've been in a long time. Mm -hmm. So um, this opportunity came at a really good time for me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that through our connection and through some other connections I've been making that um, something awesome is right around the corner. Mm -hmm. I just don't even see what that is yet. Mm -hmm. so that's yeah. where I am right now can you give me a sense of what some of the paths are like is it other roles or other ideas you have um yeah I mean you know I I think sometimes about doing something completely independently um I have a lot of um big ideas i i think in a very grand way about how to fix big problems <laughs> and so that's what a lot of my thoughts tend to be about um and executing on anything like that uh feels really impossible even breaking it down to a first step so that's kind of one direction um I've thought about creating 
an idea space platform for myself <laughs> to, mm -hmm. you know, gather other people together who might want to actually execute on some ideas. So that's a tangent to that um, first thought. And then I think a lot about, um, you know, public policy working in um, a public sector again. I've done that a couple of times. I've worked for the federal government before and I've worked for a county government. Um, neither experience was particularly fulfilling on a day-to-day, -day, but I think a lot of that had to do with geography and other things that were going on in my life at the time. Mm -hmm. um, so that's definitely something I consider exploring again. I really do think I want to um, break out of the tech field where I am now. Um, I don't see a lot of benefit in continuing to be employed in, at least at the company that I'm at, you know, advancing beyond the position that I'm in with the same company um, doesn't, doesn't feel like the right choice, but it's obviously there. You know, doing nothing is there. Um, so well, that's a good start anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? And those are probably the primary ones. Okay. If you sort of imagine just starting to take a couple of steps down a certain path or like around a cluster of paths, how would you like to feel? If you could describe like some of the emotions or sensations, how would you like to feel as you start moving? You know, the, the things that really come to mind are, are um, having a supportive team and having um, shared goals, you know, feeling like people were working in the same direction. And I mean, it's probably not possible to think that something that could be put together or that exists, but, you know, an egoless environment, mm -hmm. you know, just to have um, people not jumping to take credit for things. Especially if they were just part of a group. Mm -hmm. And then security. And that doesn't just mean financial, but it means financial. Mm -hmm. You know, starting something new um, is overwhelming just because of the security aspect mm -hmm. or lack thereof. Mm -hmm. Have you ever um, pursued doing your own thing for self-employment before? No. Yeah. No. Uh, um, it's not my background. It's not my family history. It's, you know, yeah. I have no role models for that at all. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Do you feel like there are areas of your life or even in your work right now where there is that supportive team or shared vision? It doesn't have to be in work, but is that anywhere right now? Um, yeah, well, I've gotten involved in the last probably six months with, um, the diversity and equity and inclusion efforts at my company. Um, about a year ago, we went through a merger and the other half of the company had had a DE&I effort prior that was dwindling. And then, you know, when the companies merged, they sent out an invitation for more people to join. Mm -hmm. um, and that's been really fulfilling. Mm -hmm. um, it's a little bit frustrating because everything moves really slowly. It feels like there are roadblocks being put up and there are definitely, you know, even though I, I don't know if you would think that this would be true in a group of DE&I people, <laughs> focused people, but, um, you know, there's definitely some egos there and some control issues and, mm -hmm. and all of that. So I'm not fully out of that situation, but, um, you know, it doesn't feel like I have to translate what um, my needs or interests are as much for lay people in that group because mm -hmm. there is a shared understanding of um, what, at least what direction we would like to go, if not the exact steps and how to get there. Mm -hmm. And that feels like a supportive group. Yeah, there are definitely certain people that um, you know, seem to take care about my well-being mm -hmm. and, and vice versa, obviously. Yeah. And so like 
letting go of any need to be humble here. Like what, what do you contribute to this group? Like, I know there's something and I, I also want to hear um, about some of the visions and the sort of leadership that I think you embody, but in terms of this group that feels supportive and like there's a little bit of positive um, energy there, what do you bring to it? Well, I don't have a ton of time, but uh, I was recently recruited to work on the communications team in particular mm -hmm. to help um, massage the messages that come from the marketing and communication side of DE and I and make sure that they're impactful, that they don't sound like corporate speak. So the leader of that um, subcommittee reached out to me personally and you know we had a one-on-one -on -one for probably about an hour and he knows that uh, that I'm autistic and he has recognized that there are um, specific traits that go along with that that um, he's interested in harnessing so that's that's honestly the first time I felt really valued at my company in a long time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm really glad someone saw that and is interested in partnering with you. What are some of the, can you tell me more about some of the traits that that are so valuable? <laughs> can you yeah. do that for me? Um, yeah, there, there's a lot. There's a detail-oriented, um, egoless is part of it, mm -hmm. you know, not trying to take credit. Um, very team oriented uh there's a million things and they're just so inherent to me <laughs> yeah, it's hard to see um, sometimes yeah but as i've been exploring because this is a new um diagnosis for me just in the last two to three years there's just been a ton that has resonated and finding that community and being able to um rely on some of the content that that other autistic people are promoting in LinkedIn and other social media and say, you know, pull this up and say, here, somebody created this. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm trying to say to you. <laughs> yeah. Has been incredibly helpful. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, outside of work, but that's, that's something that I've been able to um, tap into mm -hmm. recently. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. So you're partnering on this communications subcommittee, it sounds like, to bring some of that detail orientation and collaborative spirit to sort of translate marketing text in a way that's more digestible mm -hmm. for employees. The other um, subcommittee that I'm on is related to the uh, unconscious bias education. And now I'm not giving the training or involved specifically with it, but we are promoting it and producing you know, note cards and other little digital um, reminders and different, excuse me, different sort of, um, you know, just just hints and tips and things, takeaways from the unconscious bias training mm -hmm. to help people keep it in the front of their mind. Mm -hmm. So I've been working with that group as well. And that's, that's probably my main contributions. Okay, why don't we, I would love to zoom out a little bit and hear more about this, some of the big ideas that you have that feel <laughs> like maybe there, there's information for you there. Can you tell me a little bit about them? Sure. Um, but one thing I, I've actually been doing now for um, about a year is I started a blog um, based solely on my, you know, autistic experience. Um, it also comes with, you know, my thoughts and statements and ideas about current events, um, political events, societal events. Um, I also have a background in economics. So I talk a little bit about the economic system and how things work. I think um, that's probably not common knowledge for a lot of people, mm -hmm. uh, how, you know, the even the purchases that they make send a signal back to the system, which is the economy and, you know, tells the producers to produce more of that because that's what people are buying. 
So it's a give and take sort of thing there. And I don't know how many people I'm reaching with that. You know, I might have like 40 followers and a couple of them are work people that I've shared with. So I've been considering creating a book of essays where I flesh things out a little bit more. And I actually asked my dad about this because my dad is a really gifted writer. This was not his profession, but it's something he's always been good at. And so we started talking about, you know, whether there's a way that I can, you know, funnel some of my completely incomplete thoughts (laughs) to him and have him help flesh it out a little bit. And so considering doing something like that, I had a list (laughs) somewhere. I don't know where it is right now. Yeah, Um, But it's, you know, it's like, um, I don't know if you know the company Ridwell. Yes. I feel like that's something that um, I either thought of or could have thought of. (laughs) You know, it's like connecting two problems and finding the solution by bringing them together. Mm. You know, by thinking about things in a more connected way, sometimes you can kill two birds with one stone, so to speak, and it just Mm -hmm. needs somebody to execute that connection. Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot of my ideas are related to that. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily a specific product or a specific tool or whatever. You know, I don't plan on being a tech billionaire or anything, although some some of my ideas are vaguely techy or, you know, hey, I need a database to put this together. Um, that kind of thing, but uh, it's not necessarily the end point. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. It makes me think of that, like a definition of a dialectic, which like a thought that is to competing or opposing thoughts where bringing them together offers an, an entirely different solution or truth. It sounds like you explore that a lot in your life and work. Yeah. I've noticed that lately too. Um, You know, I I always thought about, well, maybe I should go to grad school, but that always sounded not quite right. And the reason I think it was not quite right is because that's more specialized. You know, Mm -hmm. it's more drilled down in one way. Mm -hmm. And all of my inclinations are to spread out and try to be a little more broad and to try to find the you know, fill the spaces in between different things or draw connections between, you know, different specializations. Mm -hmm. I'm fascinated by behavioral economics, which is, you know, the cross between economics and psychology. So I read a lot of books by people who are behavioral economists Mm -hmm. Um, or, you know, they, they call themselves psychologists or they call themselves sociologists or things like that. But that whole that whole area uh, just really grabs my attention okay so how could we do that for you like take what you do naturally and sort of expand and connect opposing (laughs) elements of your experience like how can you give yourself your own medicine here I know that's the hard part right (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean it's always easier to you know, find solutions to other people's problems. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and oh, so that's, I mean, that's another thing about autism is that, you know, we're always thinking about what's good for the whole. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of self-sacrifice, not, not in a martyr sort of way, but just in a, you know, my self, self doesn't, Um, matter as much as what I'm contributing to the whole Mm -hmm. and so it you know it's almost easier for me to see ways that I could contribute to somebody else's project than it is for me to see how I could create my own Mm -hmm. does that make sense Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you can, do you feel like it's true that you are a part of the whole and that your well-being is intimately connected to the entire well-being or does it feel really separate? 
it's beginning to feel more integrated in in my current job and my current space. Um, you know, I've always been the person in the department who, you know, would pick up the slack or work an extra hour or whatever just to get the thing done that needed to get done. I uh, I've never even minded that. Like that's just part of my DNA. So I don't know. Can you repeat the question? <laughs> I yeah. lost my train of thought. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just believe that, you know, every individual tree in the forest, when it thrives, it means the entire ecosystem can thrive. And so it is, it is, right. yes, definitely about the forest and it's about the individual trees themselves right. as well. Right. So how um, is it? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I think, you know, I think I need, um, I don't even need a lot to thrive. I need some recognition for, you know, my contributions. And I think that may be all that has really been lacking. Mm. Um, and then the security part. And uh, I think the reason I feel like, you know, this is the edge or this is the start of something new is because I really want to broaden what that feeling of team is like. So, you know, throughout the pandemic, um, my husband and I started delivering food boxes through the, uh, the you know, a neighborhood effort to support, um, support black and brown people and others who are less fortunate that sign up through, you know, their organization. And then we get a list and we, you know, deliver 10 boxes once a week. Um, and that's been really fulfilling, you know, even though I'm not really talking much with the people who are organizing it. I thought I would. I thought, you know, I wanted to get more involved and, uh, you know, help them build out the program and stuff. And it turned out I just didn't have enough time um, to feel like I could contribute more. But it's, you know, it's an easy thing to do. So that's gotten me some connections and uh yeah I don't know yeah if it's okay not to know and I think you do you do know a lot more than you might think um <laughs> if you could imagine yourself as like you know a little sapling or even imagine yourself at the middle of this crossroads where there's like lots of different options spiraling out if you imagined yourself just like flooded with love and recognition like by not even a person but just like the creative universe I guess or whatever word works for you if you just yeah. imagine yourself completely lovingly flooded with like recognition and love and appreciation and really being seen for the giftedness of you what happens like what do you think would be possible I mean, anything would be possible. <laughs> it's what do you think would change? Well, I would, you know, I would feel less stuck. I think I would feel like I had the energy to even look for more opportunities mm -hmm. or to um, reach out and connect to new people. Probably a lot of um, a lot of my uh, career options, you know, aren't even known to me, and I'm not known to the people who hold those options because we're just not connected. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't I don't know the right people. I don't talk to a lot of people, and I don't think that's pandemic related. Um, mm -hmm. It's definitely introvert related. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not. I'm not one to go to any, you know, big, huge networking things. Um, I did once in the context of a, you know, women in technology happy hour thing mm. that was related to neurodiversity. And uh, the talk was really good. Um, but I kind of wanted to escape the room full of people the whole time. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, I definitely do better work. Um, in in the written form you know either text or or uh, email mm -hmm. and then you know you're limited to who you can contact via LinkedIn 
through those mediums, Mm -hmm. you know, without just blasting out to everybody. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I have started interacting with those conversations a little bit more and that's been interesting. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I believe that networking can look a lot of different ways and usually in my experience, I guess don't forget the network that you've already established. It might not be big or you might not, you know, meet a lot of new people, but you, it sounds like you are developing strong connections with the people that you're on this committee with, with people, you know, Mm -hmm. that you've worked with in the past, Um, you know, people reading your blog, like we never know where a connection might lead. And even if it's not an, even if they can't say like, I have X opportunity, you just never know. And you continuing to show up in a way that's an integrity for you can only help. So no pressure from me, you know, to expand your network or be out there more than you want to be because it's all where you are is plenty and you're doing enough. And I, I really believe in like the sacred kind of mysterious process. And especially you, you, it sounds like are in that kind of mysterious winter period where you're (laughs) trying to integrate and discover and figure out like what matters and what's possible and how can I even, and it's not a comfortable place to be by any means. So, well, I think it's better than it has been. Good. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to keep an eye on the, the new frame that, I'm trying to, I don't know if it, if develop is the right word, but I, I've really been thinking about, you know, reframing and putting, you know, my situation into a different context in order to just be okay with where I'm at. There, there isn't anything wrong with the job I have. It is secure. Uh, you know, I'm not in any danger of losing it or anything like that. So taking advantage of the whatever opportunities I have there while I'm stable Mm -hmm. and you know trying to just de-stress a little bit um so that I can keep my eyes open for other opportunities Mm -hmm. if they happen to show up so I'm also interested in like of course keeping your eyes open for sure but also like what it looks like for you to kind of bring some of the attention back inward because it sounds like you have a lot of ideas that are self-generated, right? That, um, and those are really important. (laughs) Those are really important. And, you know, it can be hard if you're not exactly sure what you're looking for to then also be like out, you know, applying for things or trying to talk to people. So how could we also bring the energy in and, you know, do you have a practice already of, I mean, it sounds cheesy, but like, you know, giving yourself what you need in terms of validation and recognition, like, do you connect, you know, on some level with the deeper part of you regularly? Do you, how do you like nurture these ideas? I'm interested in like how we could fortify you sort of from starting inside. Well, uh, you know, as soon as the weather gets nicer again, I'll be coming back to my habit of afternoon naps in my hammock. They're very fulfilling. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like this spring has just you know kept on a little too long and it hasn't really gotten warm enough yet but yeah but that was you know part of what got me through last summer okay and you know I mean I I feel like my writing practice although it does ebb and flow you know I what has happened with the blog I've been trying to put out two articles per week uh and sometimes they're more or less thought out. You know, I, I know that um, some of them are just like I phoned it in. <laughs> you know, it was my last minute and I published it anyway. And that's okay. actually um, a huge shift for me is, you know, being okay with something not being great. Mm-hmm. So I would call that self-care too, really. Mm-hmm. What got you there? That's a great question. You know, I really think um, the autism diagnosis shifted a lot for me. I mean, I don't know if we want to go into deep background here, but uh, I never had any issues with 
you know, performance or getting along or anything until, um, you know, I went through kind of a deep personal trauma about eight years ago. It was like I was really adept at spinning plates, you know, mm. and I could keep, you know, bring on more plates and I could just make them all spin and keep them all spinning. And then this thing happened and half of them got knocked over mm. and I couldn't get them spinning again mm. in the right way. You know, the external people, you know, management and whatever, um, you know, would blame me for, you know, interactions that went awry and that sort of thing. And uh, I was on the verge of just leaving my job um, when the therapist I was seeing at the time, you know, gave me my diagnosis. And I was just like, oh, holy crap. Uh, that that literally explains everything, mm -hmm. you know, all of the things that, um, that I had been holding in and, you know, just trying to contain and make sure nobody knew about mm -hmm. because they just felt like fatal flaws. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel like that anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, like they're just, they're just there. You know, there are plenty of other things I do well. I'm able to see those differently now. You know, I can just say, look, that's not something I do, or that's not what I'm good at. Or, mm -hmm. you know, why don't you talk to the other person in the party who's, you know, experiencing this conflict and see what they're, you know, ask them why they're saying what they're saying, not just take their word for it. Because I have a voice and I have agency and that kind of shocked the management into, you know, looking at things a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. um, so there was just a lot of reframing that went on. Mm -hmm. A lot, a lot changed with that. And I'm still coming to terms with that, but it's all been positive. Yeah. Wow. And that was two, <laughs> to, three, two to three years ago, you said? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it was three years now. Okay. I mean, um, and I'm in my 40s, right? Like, you should know these things about yourself before you're in your 40s. Right. But it's such a common thing that's going on now, you know, mm -hmm. middle-aged women being diagnosed uh, with Asperger's and autism. And, uh, you know, we've just always been trained to get along and act as if and, mm -hmm. you know, lean in hide your flaws mm -hmm. all of this stuff and you know I don't even know who I am <laughs> because it, it, it's never occurred to me to think about things that way mm -hmm. I'm just part of the system mm -hmm. and the system needs to work for everybody mm -hmm. else to survive mm -hmm. well which is a huge price to pay if it's a really <laughs> fucked up system that you're part of right well, yeah. you know, you, you have to adjust your focus about, you know, which part of the system you want to focus on, you know, you mm -hmm. want to concentrate on. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, that's what I'm coming to is, you know, I, I need to use my skills to make a positive impact on a bigger part of the system because mm -hmm. it is so fucked up, mm -hmm. you know. Right, Even if it's, it's, a, it's not going to fix the world, but I could be a light shining for somebody. Yeah, and you are already. And it sounds like you want to influence a different part of this whole big system, but also in a way that feels a lot more collaborative, it sounds like, and supportive. Yeah. And, you know, you may have strengths and be someone who just, you know, is not in the right environment like you're not in an, in an ecosystem where you can really thrive it sounds like your current place which right. doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you you're, it's just like you're a giraffe in the arctic who like you're like what <laughs> right. where are the that's acacia a, leaves i need <laughs> that's a really good metaphor actually <laughs> I, you yeah. know i i think that would play well with the autistic community <laughs> <laughs> well feel free to pass it along <laughs> feel like a giraffe in the arctic <laughs> But really, like, how can we, you know, we don't even have to know where the path is leading, but it seems like you feel really clear about 
enjoying the security that's there, but mm -hmm. also starting to lend some energy or openness to a pathway that feels supportive and collaborative and big and expansive enough for you. Mm -hmm. So where where is that now? Just immediately. Does that does the blog feel like that? Does the writing idea with your dad feel like that? Um, the blog definitely does. You know, I don't know um, whether I on my own will be able to expand that. Um, so, you know, at some point I'm hoping to find, a, you know, a trusted partner. Um, I've talked to my husband about this. I don't know if he has the time or the intention to do this for me, but somebody who can, you know, give neurotypical suggestions about how to get bigger with that or, you know, what, what to do that would expand upon that or build upon that and whether it's you know should be focused more on helping autistic people realize that they're not fucked up <laughs> that the system is mm -hmm. or help you know other people to realize that their actions have this effect on other people mm -hmm. and how devastating that can be so I think a lot about that, um, you know, a book, maybe, you know, that it, it feels kind of like a project of indulgence or, you know, just like, it's not something that's going to sell to a bunch of people or anything, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I mean, if it was going to be a paid position or something, I, I'm really appreciating the um, DEI stuff, mm -hmm. and I think some sort of confluence between DEI and data. You know, that's my background, or um, metrics in some way, or that kind of thing. That seems like it's um, something that's going to get bigger over time. A bigger effort. You know, some people are going to want to put time into. Mm -hmm. whether it's you know private companies or the public sector mm -hmm. which would you know be my ideal mm -hmm. is to find a public sector job in that area can you tell me more about why so it sounds like the book idea feels intriguing but that part of you may have this expectation that if it doesn't sell or support you financially or isn't i don't know popular or whatever that it may not be worth your time I mean, I disagree, obviously. I think, I mean, I just think there's inherent value in you expressing your voice and that, I mean, you've seen, we've all seen the power that comes from hearing about someone else's experience and how they navigated something or what they think about something. And so I, I believe that's inherently valuable. And I'm wondering what, if you're open to, I guess, seriously exploring that idea and taking your writing seriously if that feels like where you might be invited to step next yeah I don't I mean I don't know if it's ever going to be more than a hobby or you know some extra outlet okay. but yeah I mean I, I mean I'm not going to quit doing it it doesn't um, feel like something that's only pandemic related that's mm -hmm. kind of what I thought for a while mm -hmm. like well, this is going to get me through this period of time, but it definitely feels like more than that. So, you know, that's why I would talk to my dad about the book thing. And uh, I am exploring some uh, different software options to be able to share notes with him that are mm -hmm. simple enough that he can use them. <laughs> mm -hmm. And also, you know, um, well simple enough for me to want to use it and set it up and everything so mm -hmm. you know that's next steps that are you know coming up in the next couple of weeks probably mm -hmm. how do you feel like if you imagine just kind of being where you are and all of the paths around you kind of fall away and you're just here in this moment in your life how does it feel to you to imagine continuing 
with the blog, continuing to explore making that bigger in some way, practicing with this other writing project, and then continuing to explore this DE and I work the way you are. Does that feel like, I guess I'm wondering if that feels like enough to you because I think sometimes the steps are often like right in front of us and we just are trying to pick up on the clues, the things that feel in integrity that already feel that sense of ease or what we're looking for. But sometimes, you know, part of us comes in and says like, that's not enough. You need to be applying, like we've got to get out or, you know, but does that feel like relief at all to you to be moving forward, but in this way with what's right in front of you? It's not uncomfortable. I feel like at some point it's going to get uncomfortable mm -hmm. and I am not sure how much longer I have. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, um, same or you feel like something is looming or like you are heading toward it. Yeah, I, I don't think that, you know, I, I don't see myself being a lifer at my job the right. way some people do. You know, I've been there for, what is it, 16 years now? And there you know, now I'm part of the old guard, but there are still 15 people in my, you know, 35 person department who have been there longer than me. Mm. So it's a pretty, pretty um, solid group of people. And, you know, I've known them that long, but it really just feels like something changed with, with the same group of people in the way that I was treated. Mm between the trauma and the diagnosis. Mm -hmm. That's really hard for me to forget about. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know that I could go to any one of those people who um, treated me in that way and say that, you know, they burned bridges or anything like that because I don't even think that they would recognize it. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, there's been a shift in my thinking about the people that I work with in ways that I don't know is sustainable for the long term. Mm -hmm. That being said, it's not an urgent situation in any way. And uh, I feel comfortable enough. It's not that I'm holding some vast amount of tension about it. Mm -hmm. It was just a shift and something that I know um, I need to take on at some point, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What would feel like a step that stretches you a little bit, I guess, or feels a, a tiny bit uncomfortable? Well, I asked my department head about getting a certificate in DEI communication and education, which has nothing to do with the, my work in my department wow, um, that's great. yesterday <laughs> I had I actually heard about it from a friend of mine completely out of context she was asking me about it for some other reason and then I sat with that for quite a while and and then filled out a form to get more information um, and it's all you know e-learning it's actually through Cornell mm. so that may be something I'm concerned about the time commitment at this point and you know with what what I already have going on at work mm -hmm. doesn't seem like something I can do right now but you know it taking something like that would open a lot of doors to something you know radically different than mm -hmm. what I'm doing now mm -hmm. that's Sounds wonderful. I really hope that comes through easily. And I think it's really impressive that you asked for that, even though it's not directly related, but something, <laughs> you know, so important and something that you know already resonates for you through the committee work you're doing and your personal values. Yeah, for sure. So I don't know if that's, you know, he had to escalate that up through HR and, you know, figure out if there's a budget larger than what he has because he doesn't want to pay for it <laughs> but 
you know, he got details and had meetings scheduled anyway. He has a regular meeting with our HR rep who's responsible for our division. So that's, that's something, you know, and I'm prepared for them to say, you know, it's too expensive or it's not my job function or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that um, my plans would necessarily include, you know, joining an HR team or something either. So, you know, if that's what my company expected, uh, if I were Mm -hmm. to do that, then, you know, we would have to talk about what their expectations were. Mm -hmm. But I mean, yeah, I think even no matter how it turns out, the fact that you asked and identified and like you're, I see it as kind of just expanding your option pool, but like the options that are really aligned for you and that can never hurt, you know? Yeah. And I know it can be overwhelming to not know where to go, but you're already, you're already doing it. Like, I know the momentum may not be as much as you want or need right now, but it is, I believe it's definitely leading you somewhere. You know, now all of these people know that you're interested in that topic. They might say, yes, you might meet new people through that program. You might choose to do a program on your own anyway. You know, you're working on this marketing communications, you know, subcommittee, like, you really are, I know it's hard to see in ourselves sometimes, but it sounds like you really are amplifying the things that feel fulfilling and like they are good reflections of your unique set of skills and background and gifts and inherent nature. Yeah, that's, that's all very true. Yeah. You know, it, it just kind of feels like I'm waiting for another shoe to drop somewhere. Mm, I, really? I don't know what it is, but nothing feels solid yet, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like you've sort of decided that you don't want to be in this place anymore, but you haven't landed on the other side. Right. Yeah. So you're floating in that in between and that can be really (laughs) jarring. Yeah, that's, it's true. Is there anything else? I mean, one, like we don't have to tie this up in a neat little bow because it's just not going to do that. And (laughs) people are complex and your process is complex. But is there anything else that would be helpful to check in about or anything else we can do to just support you like at this part of your journey? Uh, To be honest, you know, your the content that you produce has been really helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I I don't always participate in all the calls and everything. Um, Some of that's just hard to get away from day job stuff. And I wish I could do more you know, your podcast is always really resonant to me. Um, I just, I like having a little more feminine energy around. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I think I spent most of my life um, hanging out with the guys because it was easier. Mm. You know, the expectations were not as high. There was definitely not (laughs) any sort of accountability requirements to hanging out with dudes (laughs) it sounds terrible but I mean it's been my experience and it's just uh less I don't know less stressful less responsive less responsibility Mm -hmm. and you know I, I don't know that that's how I wound up in tech but it's not not how I wound up in tech you know, it's, it's easier to, uh, be, you know, straight up and, you know, not having to sugarcoat messages, not being called out on something, you know, I, um, I pride myself on accuracy and precision in language. Mm -hmm. And I think I've never been able to harness that same sort of precision Um, when I think about how I feel about something. Mm -hmm. And so that's just been something that I shied away from. You know, if you focus on facts and things that are measurable, Mm -hmm. then it's easier to, you know, just know that you're right about something and be good with it. So this is, it's all really new. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's just a completely new paradigm for, you know, not having to measure something. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So that's taking a lot of a lot of effort to try to process. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I look to you as a role model in a lot of ways. So mm-hmm. I just want you to know I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. I also know so, that you know what we can see in other people and appreciate is usually something that we possess or you know that wants to grow inside of us and so I just don't I want to reflect back to you that you know as a reader of your blog I see the vision and the the (laughs) care that you take with your words and ideas I think the fact that you can even blend behavior and economics and these just seemingly disparate worlds is a testament to your, you know, feminine, expansive, creative energy. And that it, you know, maybe part of this next iteration of your journey is embodying that more and you're already doing it because you're not forcing yourself into something that just makes sense on paper. You know, right. you're, choos- you're choosing to listen to the discomfort. Which yeah, absolutely. Huge. I I feel all of that, you know, not not having to make a quick decision is something I am very grateful for. You know, I have I have a place at work. It's going to suck for them when I leave. Mm, I'm sure. <laughs> Whether anybody there would say that or not. So you know, that's, that's on the horizon at some point, but. I have no doubt. It sounds close and who knows (laughs) what that means in terms of the timeline, but it sounds like emotionally you've already disentangled yourself somewhat from there. And when that starts building up internally, it can't help but manifest externally as well. Yeah, it will. You will not be there forever. (laughs) You will not be a lifer there. Um, and I'm excited. I feel like you're, you're building some really gentle, aligned momentum for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I think there will be a breakthrough of some sort at mm-hmm. some point. Yeah. I'm sure it will happen. So what do you feel like you want to take with you from today? Is there, you know, how else, not how else, but yeah, I guess, what are you taking with you? We well, the su- support and validation um really feeling in this conversation that it's okay for me to not know mm-hmm. you know it's, and um and and that's i don't know it's like tacit permission right mm-hmm. you know constantly waiting for somebody to say whatever it is i'm doing is okay mm-hmm. so that that's huge mm-hmm. Good. I will give you, I wish I could give you like a real permission slip. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um, right. (laughs) But, you know, it doesn't mean anything if we can't give that permission to ourselves first. So however you can just douse yourself in appreciation, recognition, permission to be in the mess, in the not knowing, the better. You know, I have no doubt you'll make sense of it all and pull it all really like together really beautifully when it's time. Um, yeah I think I think so yeah even if it's finding you know the right partner to help do the things that Mm -hmm. I struggle with yeah you know I think that's um that's a big part of you know what what has to happen next is Mm -hmm. figuring out the the right other person who can you know be part of the binary star of whatever I do next, you know? Yeah. I love that. I love that. (laughs) To get all celestial. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that. Yeah. Well, I'll just imagine your perfect helper compliment partner coming in (laughs) and it being easy and a really lovely collaborative, supportive, almost egoless or healthy ego space. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Thank you, Azalea, for sharing your story with us. And thank you, dear listener, for bearing witness to this process. 
If you would like to learn more about what it's like to work with me, visit awildnewwork.com slash coaching. I'm not currently taking on new clients, but you can join my waitlist at that link and be notified when I'm taking new people, which I plan to do in October. If you would like to schedule a single coaching session on a sliding scale and share your story on the podcast like Azalea did today, please visit awildnewwork.com slash podcast or the link in the show notes. Thank you for being with me today. I will be back with you soon to talk about the invitations and wisdom of the mid to late spring season and take care until we're together again. Bye.